Hey y'all, welcome to Tailwagon True Crime. This is your host, Margaret Scott, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a true crime event that has baffled people's minds for decades. Nobody knows what's true, nobody knows what's false, nobody knows if these guys are still even around today. As you probably guessed by now, we're going to be talking about the escape from Alcatraz. So the escape from Alcatraz took place by three men, uh, John Anglin, Clarence Anglin, they were brothers, and Frank Morris. And they were the only ones to have ever made it off the island that we know of and uh, fully escaped from Alcatraz. Um, Alcatraz is a, or was a, maximum security prison. Uh, In its time, it was considered an amazing maximum security prison. It was located on an island called The Rock in San Francisco Bay. The prison was refortified in 1934 to become the most secure prison in the world. Um, And here's a fun fact. Alcatraz is derived from the Spanish word Alcatraz. And the name Alcatraz is defined as meaning pelican or strange bird so the island was founded by a spanish explorer juan manuel de ala i'm sorry if i mispronounced that was the first to sail into what was what is now known as the san francisco bay on his explorations mapped uh, the bay and named it named one of the three islands alcatraz in 1850 the island was built to be more of a fortress to protect the Bay Area during the gold rush. Uh, by the late 1850s, the first mi- it was became the first military prison and housed um, military prisoners on the island. Uh, the U.S. Army used the island for over 80 years before the island was transferred to the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Prisons. While there were several uh, well-known prisoners that held that were held at this prison, the majority of the prisoners were those who refused to conform to the rules and regulations at other federal institutions. Um, they were prisoners who were considered violent and dangerous, and especially ones who were considered to be high escape risks or who have tried at other facilities to escape. Over the course of 29 years, um, from 1934 to 1963, the facility had 14 escape attempts by 36 men, two of which tried to escape on two separate occasions. 23 of the men were caught, six were shot and killed during the escape, and two drowned. The prison was closed March 21st of 1963, Um, not because there was a a successful escape, but it was because it was too expensive to keep open. Uh, the daily cost in 1959 was $10.10 versus, um, one of the bigger prisons in Atlanta was only $3 to keep open. So the brothers, John and Clarence Anglin and Frank Morris 
They have been the only ones that have ever successfully escaped. Now the men nor their bodies were ever found, and it is possible that they they could have survived and gotten to Angel Island, but nobody knows that for sure. So early on June 12th, 1962, a routine cell check suddenly turned into a prison lockdown and a search for three prisoners. The men were able to fool the night guards by making dummy heads out of plaster, paint, and real human hair. Uh, It didn't go into detail about how they got the human hair, but I'm pretty sure they came up with successful ways to either cut people's hair or they cut their own hair. These gentlemen were extremely smart in what they were doing as they were getting things together. Um, They fashioned an electric drill out of a motor of a vacuum cleaner. Um, The men concealed their possession in holes in the walls um, of painted cardboard. And the noise from their work with the louder noise, Morris's accordion on top of the ambient din of the music hour. So they knew exactly what they were doing. So when they had to make loud noise... Morris would make sure to use his accordion um, during those hours so that way it would kind of muffle the the sound of what they were doing in the back. Um, The FBI was notified immediately as the FBI agents came in to start assisting with the search. A fourth man, Alan West, came forward and gave all the information he had. Uh, He was the man that was supposed to also have broken out at the same time with the three that successfully got away. However, he slept through the time that they were supposed to meet and the guys left him. I don't blame them. I would too. The group of men found a secret utility corridor just behind the cell walls. This is where the men made a little workshop. They fashioned tools and built items from stolen or gifted materials. And yes, people in the prison were actually gifting them materials to use. They had fashioned a raft out of 50 raincoats uh, that were supposed to be able to get them to shore and eventually to freedom. Some people believed Alan West may have been the mastermind of the escape, However, Morris had an IQ of 133, and most believe he is the one that orchestrated the whole plan. Uh, A body was found in clothing similar to the prison uniforms, but the body was too badly deteriorated to make a positive identification because the men were never found. They were considered missing and presumed drowned. Um... The family finally, after many, many years, allowed the third Anglin brother to be exhumed for some DNA testing because they still had the bones of the body that had been found along the shore uh, several weeks after the escape. But the DNA did not match, so they know for a fact that the body was not Um, one of the Anglin brothers. The plan for the escape started about six months before the actual escape happened, um, where they were using tools and makeshift tools, and uh, they actually dug through 
the rock into the utility corridor located behind their cells and um, they were able to climb up onto the roof of the cell blocks where they set up a secret workshop. So that's where they were working while um, whenever they needed to use anything loud, Morris would play his accordion. Um, they also crafted wooden paddles out of musical instruments and other things that they could readily find. Um, when they were finally ready to execute the plan, the men accessed the corridor, got their gear, and climbed onto the prison roof through the ventilator. Uh, then they slid down the smokestacks from the on-site bakery, climbed a fence, and made, made it to the northeast shore. So finally, once the men were ready to commit to this plan and ready to, to execute... They climbed up through the makeshift um, utility room, up into their workshop, up onto the roof of the uh, cells through the ventilator system. Then they slid down a smokestack that was from, for the on-site bakery. They climbed a fence and made it to the northeast shore where they launched the raft. So that is kind of the gist of what they believed to be how they were able to get out. It wasn't until 2018 when CBS San Francisco published a small portion of a letter that was sent to the FBI and told a completely different story. The person who wrote the, the letter claimed to be John Anglin. Uh, he does go on to explain that he had cancer and they all just barely survived that night. One of the biggest things to remember about this escape is that they would have had to have made it across a two-mile stretch of water, which had um, an incoming tide, which was very swift from what I've read. I'm not sure I've never been to the San Francisco Bay Area, but I've heard it's a pretty rough uh, current and tide that comes in, and during this time, they say that the waters would have been frigid cold. And there's groups of people who swim this waters like once a year. And they train massively to be able to do this. So for three men who wouldn't have any swimming training because they weren't going to be getting down into the Bay Area to swim on recreation time, it would have been a little more difficult than just, you know, swimming the length of a pool. Two miles swimming is a very long ways to go with a current and freezing cold temperatures, which is why they were able to um, make a raft. However, we don't know that that raft worked or not because nobody's able to confirm it. How John, Clarence, and Frank all ended up at Alcatraz to begin with. So Frank Morris was born in Washington, D.C., and his parents abandoned him in early childhood, and he was orphaned by age 11. Um, he spent a lot of his formative years going in and out of foster homes, um, and by age 13, he was convicted of his first crime. By his late teens, he had crimes ranging from narcotics possession to armed robbery. Uh, eventually, he went further south and continued on the robbery front um, in Miami Beach. He was caught um, for larceny, stealing cars, and armed robbery. And then 
he ended up serving time in Florida and Georgia, and then he escaped from the Louisiana State Penitentiary while serving 10 years for bank robbery. He was recaptured a year later while committing a burglary and was sent to Alcatraz in January of 1962. Uh, so this is how he ended up there. He spent about two and a half years in Alcatraz before the escape. So during those two and a half years, I'm presuming that they were planning the escape. Um, however, I'm, I don't know that for sure as I was not there. Uh, John and Clarence Anglin were brothers. John Anglin was uh, the oldest by a year, and Clarence was the youngest. Um, they grew up in Georgia, uh, and then eventually the family moved to Florida um, to continue farming. They, uh, the brothers worked as farmers and laborers. Uh, Clarence was first caught breaking into a service station when he was 14 years old. They began robbing banks and other establishments as a team in the early 1950s. Usually, the targets were closed. Uh, nobody was open to ensure that nobody got injured. So their idea was not to go in, guns blazing, um, just to get whatever they wanted. They wanted to make sure nobody was going to be harmed. So they always tried to go when um, the places were closed. Um, they claimed that they used weapons only once during a bank heist, and it was toy guns. They were arrested in 1958 after robbing the Bank of Columbia in Columbia, Alabama. Um, this is the one that they used the, the toy gun on. Both received 15 to 20 year sentences, which they served in Florida State Prison, um, Leavenworth Penitentiary, and then Atlanta Penitentiary. And that's where they um, attempted to escape from was the Atlanta facility. The brothers were then transferred to Alcatraz. Um, and this was after repeated attempts. So the brothers served 15 to 20 years at uh, Florida State, Leavenworth, and Atlanta Penitentiary. But at Atlanta, they um, had repeated failed attempts of escape from the facility. And then the brothers were transferred to Alcatraz um, on... John was transferred on October 1960, and Clarence was transferred January of 1961. There is so much good information out there about the escape from Alcatraz uh, between movies, the History Channel, articles, um, even the old articles. Uh, the FBI has information up. Just anything you can think of is basically available on the web for this. Um, however... You got to be careful. Um, some sources may not be as correct as other sources. So just keep that in mind when you're doing your research. I'll make sure to link uh, everything that I used for this in the show notes. And that way you can check those out and check out whatever else you'd like or get a head start on your own. Um, but for now, I'm going to close out 
this episode. I hope you join me next week for a new episode. It's going to be another kind of interesting case, I think. Uh, It's one that a lot of people don't know about, so be sure to check it out. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at TailwagonTrueCrime. You can email me at the Scott Co Media. I will put that in the show notes as well. The Scott Co Media at gmail.com if you'd like. Uh, we are not on Twitter yet, and you can find us on Facebook at Tailwagon True Crime. Wagon True Crime is a production of Scott Co. Media, and these podcasts wouldn't be possible without the assistance of my sidekicks, Aston and Simba.